Postseason play starts for the Cowgirls, and the Cowboys have a chance to capture first in the Big 12. I'm Matt Jordan. Welcome into the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. And as Oklahoma State wrapped up the season in not the best fashion, they have a chance to turn it around with the postseason, starting with the Big 12 Championship for softball, which will start against KU. Oklahoma State, the Cowgirls landed the sixth seed Kansas in their first round matchup as the Cowgirls come in as the number three seed. OU, the one seed, and Texas, the two seed, with Baylor as the four seed, and Iowa State, the five seed. Texas Tech rounds things out as the seven seed. OU got the bye, the only team in the Big 12 to get the bye as the one seed. So Oklahoma State will start things against KU, and that was the best series that Oklahoma State has played. That was their last best series. The last time they swept the series, they beat KU 7-5, 5-1, and 7-0. They have not swept a series since that, and they're coming off four straight losses, including a sweep against the Sooners in which they lost 8-3, 4-2, and 5-1. That second game, the 4-2 loss, was the most difficult for Oklahoma State. They led 2-0 heading into the seventh inning, but OU would score four runs to get the win. And a game that I really thought for the first time this season, it was bad coaching by Coach Gajewski. Uh, Acock played fantastically throughout that game. She went six scoreless innings, allowed two on in the seventh, and Coach Gajewski pulled Acock, brought in Kelly Maxwell, who had a rough day the day before and has been injured, and Maxwell gave up the four runs that would be the difference in that two of those credited to Acock, so both get credited for two, but a loss for Oklahoma State, and uh, that is 10 of 12 losses for the Cowgirls. Their only wins coming against Texas Tech, where they won game 1-10-1 and then won 8 to nothing on uh, Sunday, the third game of the series, a five-inning game. So uh, Oklahoma State has got to ride the ship heading into the postseason play. And honestly, I think if they can get into the finals matchup, presumably against OU, in which they beat OU last year, they can get themselves back into hosting a Super Regional. They're still number four in the RPI, 4-5 in the RPI, which is good for them to host a Super Regional. They're ranked eighth nationally. Uh, but you beat KU. If you can take one from Texas, which they lost all three close games, they lost one to nothing on the first game of that series back on April 21st, then 3-2, to and then 5-2 on Saturday, the second game of the doubleheader, to wrap up that three-game series against Texas. If they can get one against Texas, beat them for the first time this year, and get back in the championship facing OU, I don't even think they have to beat OU. They just need to make that finals. And some people would argue that they don't even need to make the final. As long as they make the semifinal, they'll be good to go. But I think if they make the final, they can host the Super Regional. And uh, you want to turn your season around. You don't want to be running on losses as you're heading into the postseason play. So get yourself right in the Big 12 tournament. And um, 
fix fix it as you head into the regional and the super regional, and hopefully uh, you get favorable matchups in both the regional and the super regional, so you can get back to the women's college world series where they just missed the championship game last year, making the championship game last year, losing to Texas uh, in the semifinals. So with the season officially over, that means uh, we've got a look here at some uh, first team All Big 12, second team All Big 12, and the All Big 12 freshman team. We'll start with the All Big 12 freshman team. Two cowgirls made the freshman team with Kyra Acock and Michaela Wark both making it there. And you look at the stats uh, for both of those players looking at uh, Wark first, uh, the hitter for the cowgirls. Wark had a great freshman season. She batted 338 with a 1007 OPS. Uh, she played in 51 games, started 50 of them, at 145 at-bats on the season. She had 26 runs, 49 hits. She had nine doubles, hit nine home runs, 46 RBIs, and uh, a 586 slugging percentage. So a great effort this year by the freshman work and uh, a player that uh, – I thought maybe should have made the team as well. Talon Edwards, another hitter, batted 315, really came on kind of towards the end of the season. Uh, she was one of the few players that actually played better, at least hitting the ball at the end of the season than they did at the beginning of the season. Uh, but Edwards with an 822 OPS, uh, she started 49 of the 51 games she played in. She had 47 hits, scored 35 runs, eight doubles, a triple, hit three home runs. So two freshmen uh, there that will lead the way, at least on the hitting side of things for the future. And then Kyra Acock, the pitcher, 217 ERA, a 122 whip. She had a 9 and 1 record, best record as a starter, with Maxwell going 14 and 5 and Kilfoyle going 12 and 5. She uh, had six complete games. She had one save. She threw 87 innings. She had a only gave up 27 earned runs on the season, only walked 22, and uh, struck out 60. So, Acock and um, Wark make the All-Big 12 freshman team and look good for the future of the Cowgirls heading forward. Now, for the second team and first team All-Big 12, uh, there were three Cowgirls that made the All-Big 12 Second team, Lexi Kilfoyle, Cheyenne Factor, and Caitlin Carwile. Uh, Kilfoyle, uh, for pitching another great season for the Cowgirls there as uh, Kilfoyle finished the season with a 2.02 ERA. Like I mentioned, a 12-5 and record. She had nine complete games. She pitched 114 in a third innings. She struck out 112. So a great season there for Kilfoyle. And looking at the other two who made the All-Big 12 second team in Caitlin Carwile and Cheyenne Factor, you're looking at how they played this well. Factor had the second-best bat average on the team with a 386 997 OPS four home runs on the year 31 RBIs and for Caitlin Carwile 319 average but uh, could really you know extra base hits were her big thing 16 doubles she had one home run she uh, had a triple and so a good year for uh, for Carwile and Factor. And then the first teamers that Oklahoma State had uh, were, of course, Rachel Becker and Kelly Maxwell, Oklahoma State's probably two best players uh, on the season. Becker, only person over a four, over 400 batting average, 449. She had a 1-2-1-2 OPS. She 
played 54 games, started all 54 of them, three home runs for Becker, two triples, 19 doubles. She had 23 RBIs. She scored 52 runs. And then when you look at pitching for Maxwell, Maxwell with a 177 ERA, a 103 whip. She went 14-5 and on the year. Well, had a much better record until those losses towards the end of the season. 118 innings pitched and 193 strikeouts. So she will eclipse the 200 strikeout mark during the postseason. Uh, she gave up 10 home runs. Um, gave up about 60 hits. She she was the best pitcher as far as least amount of hits given up. Both Kilfoyle and Acock both give up 84. So Maxwell with a great season and uh, and Becker as well. I, I felt, and maybe part of this was her high error numbers, Kylie Naomi was uh, left off. I feel like she should have at least been on the All-Big 12 second team. And then Looking at uh, the freshman team, I thought the talent Edwards should have been put on that as well. And, of course, OU cleaned house uh, on the first and second teams. Uh, they had a number of players on both, uh, I think, the Big 12 first team uh, and the one on the second team. So an impressive, impressive year for the Sooners. They are everyone's favorite to win the Big 12 and to win the whole thing, to win the College World Series. So Oklahoma State has got some improvement to make. They've got the players to do it. They've got the team to do it. You know, it's crazy to think that the team finished like they did, losing 10 of their last 12, when you looked at how good they were heading in to that those last set of games. I mean, at one point this team was 39 and 3. Now they are 41 and 13. It's been a rough end of the season, but none of that matters. None of that matters. The bad ending to the season, the four-game loss streak, the five-game loss streak, losing 10 of the last 12, finishing over 10 losses, dropping from 2 to 8, none of that matters. If you figure it out heading into the postseason and find that magic you had at the beginning of the season and turn this year around and finish like people thought you were going to in the tournament. The regular season is insignificant if you can make a run in in the regional, the Super Regional, and the College World Series. So uh, I have faith they can do it. You should have faith that they can do it. And uh, we, we should just believe in the Cowgirls and Coach Gajewski that they can... Because last year they went on a run. They weren't as good as they are this year. And last year's run was caught a lot of teams off guard. Now, a lot of teams maybe now will overlook them a bit because of uh, this little slump that they're on. They figure it out, and they can make some noise. And I, I like them to get back to the College World Series and make make a run again and see if they can knock off what is the Goliath of the Oklahoma Sooners softball team. Transitioning to baseball, it is a big final six games for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Currently, they are 33-14. and 14. They are second in the Big 12 with an 11-7 and 7 Big 12 record, two games back from West Virginia. They are about to start a three-game series against K-State, a series in which they are at home three games against the Wildcats, taking on K-State, who is also 11-7, and and they are right behind Oklahoma State at three. K-State is 31-18 and on the season, and they have a difficult last six games on the slate for them as well. Again, at Oklahoma State, then they wrap up the season 
at home against TCU. So Oklahoma State with a bad series is going to see themselves fall to two in the Big 12, to three in the Big 12, possibly four, depending on what Texas does. Uh, as Texas sets currently uh, at 12 and nine, a better win record, worse loss record, 571 win percentage has Texas setting back. But it's real close. If you look at the top teams uh, of the Big 12 from there is not a lot that separates TCU from West Virginia and really not a lot that separates Oklahoma State from TCU. So West Virginia is 13-5, and OSU and K-State 11-7, Texas is 12-9, and Texas Tech is 9-9, and OU is 10-11, and and TCU is 8-10, and bit back uh, Kansas and Baylor 7-14 and 6-15. and, six and 15. If Oklahoma State plays well to end the season, they have an opportunity to catch West Virginia, who currently sets at 13-5. and five. The Mountaineers end their season at home against Texas Tech, and then they're on the road at Texas. So if they slip up in a couple of those games and Oklahoma State plays their last six games, which is first at K-State and then on the road uh, against OU and Norman, who they already beat uh, once pretty bad this season, if they can finish well in those matchups and West Virginia slips up a bit, you can see Oklahoma State grab the one seed heading into the Big 12 Championship, win the regular season Big 12 Championship, and have a little momentum heading in to the, uh, into the postseason. So if Oklahoma State can beat K-State, K-State has had, they're a little bit up and down, but they, they've looked good uh, as of late. They went two of three against OU. They had a one loss, was three to six in game two. Uh, they had a great series at Baylor, and then a little out of conference stuff. They swept TCU, which is which is uh, what TCU been struggling as of late. And in their matchup against Oklahoma State, they took through two of three, losing the last one. So looking at this, Oklahoma State big opportunity for the Cowboys baseball team to come away with the one seed and or lock yourself into the two seed. You take two of three against K-State, that's going to drop them back a bit and secure yourself. If you fall, though, to K-State and you end a little rough, you're going to find yourself very quickly going from two in the Big 12 to five or six in the Big 12 with how closely these teams are all stacked up. So if you can sweep this series, it would be great heading into the final series of the season uh, where they get set to take on the Sooners in Norman. And uh, if you can go, I would say, four and two in the next six games, preferably five and one, you're going to see a real high chance of locking in the one seed and being uh, that team that uh, is the one seed, wins the regular season Big 12 championship, and is the one seed for that baseball tournament uh, coming up at the end of May before you head into the regionals. And that should set them up to uh, be able to host some stuff for the regional and the super regional moving forward. Uh, And I, I really like this baseball team. They looked so good hitting the baseball the last several outings, and it's we just know it's about the pitching. East Tennessee State was their uh, last last three-game series, a 7-4 win, and then they erupted 17-7 and 20-7. Huge games uh, hitting the baseball for the Cowboys, but it's the pitching. It's the bullpen. It's If the starters throw good games, the bullpen is given up. We saw that in losses to ORU, um, but they have looked good. They have won five of their last six and then if you go even further back uh, they have won ten of their last eleven uh, 
so it has been a good little run here at the end of the season. They've done kind of the opposite that the Cowgirls have done. They go win 10 of 11. The Cowgirls have lost 10 of 12. So a little bit opposite there. Um, but I like what I've seen from the Cowboys baseball team, and I like the chances for both teams to make a run at the end of the year. All right, let's wrap up the podcast talking about something fun. Oklahoma State football unveils some absolute beautiful jerseys. What they're calling a a touch of the past, the present, and the future. They have the block lettering Oklahoma State. It looks so, so good. It has gotten nothing but great reviews on Twitter. Um, I've seen a lot of great comments. A lot of people love the new looks. I am one of them. They have a few different combinations of the jerseys. Of course, they have the the all-black look. They've got the all-white look. They've got the mismatch white tops, orange bottoms. They've got the orange tops, white bottoms. I assume at some point we'll see all orange jerseys, uh, maybe an orange and black combination, but the the uniforms look very good, kind of from the the Thurman Thomas, Barry Sanders uh, generation from from that uh, age of teams. And uh, hopefully, you know know what they say, look good, play good. And so I'm hoping that's the case for the Cowboys for football season. Um, but they, they debuted in a nice little video to talk about it. But, uh, yeah, they're calling it a touch of the past, the present, and the future. I absolutely love uh, what I'm seeing from from the Cowboys, at least on the jersey side of things. And it looks like the Grays have been retired, which I like the Grays. We're 7-1 and one in the Grays. Um, but uh, I, I like what I've seen going forward from from this team. Let's just hope they play as good as they're going to look next season. I'm Matt Jordan. Thanks for listening to the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network.